All right. So take some uh, informal podcast pilot one. So structure basically 15 minutes for two individual stories just to test out. So I'm joined by Alex. Hello. Hi. Hey, great. So Alex picked two topics that she's going to talk about and then we're going to go back and forth about it for an equal amount of time ish and then have a little bit of time at the end to talk about other stuff. Okay, cool. So do I just jump right in now? Yeah, sure. Okay. All right. So the two topics I picked were um, the first one, which actually um, was posted today, Texan Bot now has educational content. I, I picked this because I think that it was one of, it was a feeling I had when, when we went into lockdown, which is that everybody kind of forgot about people who didn't have a whole lot of money to be able to, to do online learning, people who wouldn't be able to access or whose schools even didn't offer platforms for learning on say Microsoft Teams or Zoom or whatever other educational forums that people have decided to, to pursue at the moment. It's really important for people to make education affordable for the average Zimbabwean. And it's not a secret that people in Zimbabwe don't have money for fancy things. The, the two, three percent, I want to say one percent, but I guess it's a little higher than that. I'm actually not sure of the numbers. They, they tend to forget that there's a whole sub, subset of people in Zimbabwe that don't have the same sort of privilege and as such. I think it's really important that this has been addressed. Um, I, wish, I wish I knew somebody who was in Form 3, Form 4 who could actually test this out and I'd see how well it addresses the problems that people have. I tried it out when it came, when Rufaro sent us the, the test instructions a few weeks ago. And it was pretty cool in that, you know, you can send a message and then a whole chapter loads, there's diagrams, there's illustrations. I would have delved deeper into it if I just did not hate whole level maths. When I stopped, I was quite happy not to have to do it anymore. So that's, that's literally the only reason why I didn't actually do one or two equations just to see if if it's working if it's walking everybody through the entire process of learning what do you think well, that's accessibility is the important thing right like yes exactly because there's this like i don't know whether you can call it pseudo elitist thing that um we all we sometimes forget like you said that people are are have their children in these schools that can afford to you know uh, to to open new platforms and stuff to uh for for study we you said we forget that there are people who are below that who need access to that and i know it doesn't go as far reaching enough as it should because some people might not have devices with whatsapp for example to actually access this True. but i'm sure the, the the large majority of people will have at least one or two devices or let's just say there is a there's a greater proportion of people that with a device at least capable of using whatsapp so the reach is like much much wider um a friend of mine had a has a uh, son who they just simply took uh, material and then sent it home, and then, and then uh, sorry, he went and picked up the material uh, for his daughter, uh, for his son. Sorry, using <laughs> two people. So it was weird that you, I, I see other people. Stop laughing. I see other people with like um, 
with kids who are in Zoom class and all that. And then another kid has to like study by themselves and, you know, teachers do WhatsApp group calls when available and all that kind of stuff. And it feels like this whole pandemic is leaving a lot of children behind. Like they're not getting the individual attention, even the ones with the, with the Zoom calls and then the, the Microsoft Teams and all of that. They're not getting the attention they need, especially the, the younger ones, because I think those need more, uh, they need more, a more tactile environment where they can, you know, touch, interact, and all that kind of stuff. Being in your own home kind of takes away that. I don't know, maybe you have kids, you have two kids, so you can kind of explain to me how the learning process has been for your kids and how it's, they've adapted or changed during the, during the whole lockdown. So it's, it's pretty different for the both of them, actually, because they're in different schools, so each of them adopted different systems. Um, Mufara, who's 11, uh, their school is sending homework to my husband, who then emails her her work. So actually, before, before this all began, Mufara didn't have an email address. Um, so these, these assignments would be sent to Mike on WhatsApp, and then he would send to our helper, because we would both be at the office, and then she would then have Mufara copy it all down into her book and then work through that. And then in the evenings, when Mike got back home, because he's the parent that does the homework, not me, he would then help her with everything. Now it's slightly different in that we, we loaned her an older sort of laptop, which, which at least works for email. So she gets all her assignments on there, she does them, and then she asks for help. Now that I work from home as well, it's easier for me to kind of supervise. And if she has any problems, she's asking me. But what, what, what that says is that I'd have to be very present and I'd have to sort of know what she's doing to be able to assist, which I find quite difficult for, I, I think it's, it's, it's such a heavy burden for parents because can you imagine if you have more than one child, what if you have an older child and they're doing that sort of thing? It puts a heavy burden on parents because then we, we, we're doing what the teachers are essentially supposed to be doing. But again, it depends on the infrastructure that the school has, for one. Um, I know like the reason why Mufara School does this is because there was a lot of protest from parents regarding um, video, like online learning. They didn't want to pay for data. They didn't want to do this, this, and that. And it's, it's I think it's a very, it's, 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 a, it's an argument that, that holds water and that not everybody's financial situation is the same. So you can understand, again, we're talking about the effect of the pandemic on different people. One, of, one major one is that some people have lost their employment. So while the, their children may not be going to school, they don't have the money to spend on data, which is very expensive in Zimbabwe compared to the region. I, I don't know if we're going to discuss sort of the values of that. Um, Zimbabwe compared to other countries, but either way, the point is there was so much protest that the school decided not to pursue online learning, which is the opposite for Rodairo School, which insists on these video sessions every morning where she sits in front of a computer and she sees all her friends. She's four, so she loves it. She's like, hi, Akudzweisha, hi, so-and-so, and it's a game for her. I, next week they have assessments. The, the schools did message me today to say they have assessments. And I think I would be interested to see if she's actually learning anything. She joins in these lessons. They do, they, they, 
their language lessons, they have show and tells, they have story time, they even have assembly. And then every week we pick up a pack from the school where you do coloring um, projects, you do cutting and pasting, which we have to do with her. There are science experiments that we have to do with her. Again, I don't know if the way we deliver this is any better than the way the teachers were doing it. Valentine, I feel like I'm talking too much and you're just quiet over there. <laughs> but you're the one of the experience in this, so it's kind of, it, it, it's insightful. Like from, from what I can say is like, if our teachers are, I wouldn't, you know, it's difficult to say whether a child is learning better in an environment because like kids are such diverse learners, like some are more geared to learning in one way or another. Mm-hmm. So it only depends on on the input of the parent and the enthusiasm the parent shows, because like what you said, like um, not not everybody's feeling this lockdown situation the same way, and I can imagine a parent who's just lost their employment, stressed out about how bills are going to get paid and all that kind of stuff, now has to refocus their mind to teach their child. I think it's those who are fortunate enough to have employment that that was secure before or during, uh, who can you know with the time they have when they come back at least you know. Uh, give their children that kind of focus to see how, like, where they are when it comes to to their schoolwork. Yeah, I, I think delivery delivery is different, though. Like, I think delivery is different. I think teachers are, are are are. It's like a gateway. Like, when you're teaching a kid, it's it's a gateway to show them that there there is more out there in the world beyond what lies within your home. So I think that whole experience is different because it builds a different relationship with your parents. It's depending on how your parents how parents are with your children. I think it's one of those things that. With a teacher, you have someone who you don't know but learn to trust. And you, the relationship is almost, I think, transactional. Is that the right way to put it? That, you know, they have a specific I purpose. the opposite, actually. How would you, how would you look at it? Um, I think it's more, we entrust these people with our children. It's more than just a transaction. But I think I, I find that a teacher's relationship with a student is very much dependent on their interaction with the parent. Uh, okay, Cause, okay. I can draw from my own experience there that most of my teachers didn't like me, <laughs> and I, I don't blame my parents or anything. But I'm probably there uh, the course. I would hazard a guess. Were you a know-it-all? Did you constantly correct your teachers? I don't know. I was one of those very. I was a timid kid, so it's not like I was never really, you know, um, out there in class except like teachers that I like. I think. For me, I'll just put my situation way back when to children. I was teachers who showed a passion in whatever they're doing. For mm-hmm. me, it was a motivator. Okay. Like someone genuinely loved what they what they did. Like I was just like, okay, good. Like I'm not doing this for nothing. I'm, I'm doing this for someone actually enjoys it. So there was that that added enrichment or fulfillment towards that whole uh, goal. So it was I don't know maybe with, with kids these days it's different. Maybe they they see or it's individual. Maybe they see mm-hmm. school or this. So do you think then that our bot's going to give these learners that same sort of experience? What is that going to be like? Um, I, I mean, it's a child. It's, it's a 15, 16-year-old with their phone, and that's it, isn't it? Do you think then yeah. that the lack of, of interaction will change the experience for them? Will it, will it edify the learning experience, or do you feel like it might actually make them feel like they could they would need more that human interaction i think it just comes down to the individual i think 
I don't know how a 16 or 17 year old will process this, especially like O levels, which is the first big barrier exam of you know your soon to be adult life. Um, I think you know if they can see the necessity of this, then I think it's a plus for any individual that can see that that this is just because the situation demands it. I think mm-hmm. those who can see that reality will probably. You're much younger than me. <laughs> um, when you were in school, did you did you use computers for lessons, for research, for anything like that? Do you think it would feel the same then? Uh, when I was when I was in high school, no, not really. Uh, when I was in high school, I computers, lab laptops were there, but and I mean, I, I preferred like books. I preferred having the text in my like. It's it's a so weird thing. Are we too old to be doing this? Do we are we so out of touch with the reality of things? Should we have maybe invited somebody who who learned a different way to ask if this is any any similar to that? But then again, I was in university like a year ago, so there yes. the whole process was there. But again, it's it's one of those things that it didn't feel to me any different than it did in high school. Um, because again, we use computers and tablets and whatnot because of necessity. It was because the source material in English was so difficult to find that we'd have to, you know, buy books online and stuff like that. So we had to use devices more than if you used physical books. And the copies that were there for the books, the English was, yay, yeah, it was dodgy, but you know, they, they still <laughs> prescribed to the to the to the to the because the, the curriculum was different. There was the the local cur- curriculum which they taught. Um and then um the 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 for international students they would usually uh, the teachers were all trained to teach um, in, in that mode, so it wasn't. I don't see much of a difference between me then and, and high school in terms of, of, of teaching, but probably for kids these days it's different because they get these devices at six, seven years old, where I got mine when I was sixteen or seventeen, and that, that was a whole new world for me. I don't know when you got your first mobile smart-ish device. It was an LG. I was seventeen. It was a flip phone. I was cool. Yeah, but- but the capabilities of that compared to what Rudirok and Africa, for example, are totally different, aren't they? Because Rudirok can literally call the internet with the click of a button. Back then, yeah. we didn't even know what the internet was. <laughs> I, yeah, no, I didn't. I'm going to lie. I was about to lie there. No, I did not. Good. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's scary <laughs> to think about. And to think that a six-year-old kid can competently operate something that I was timid about in my late teens is it shows the, the the gap. So this we will go around in circles on this. So let's just move on to the next one. <laughs> okay. All right. Well actually so my next article is quite similar to what we've just been discussing now. Um you wrote an article on Linkist sound bites. You tell us about Blinkist Valentine since you wrote the article. You should know it very well. Uh, um, I found out about Blinkist as I find out about many things, which is the, I think if I have a, a data log or if someone's logging my hours on YouTube, they'll be disgusted at this point that, dude, get a life. <laughs> you have so much more out there in the world. So um, I have this, this sort of news show I watch, the independent media, that's called David Pakman. And this one day he was promoting Blinkist, saying, if you want to read a book and like, or want to get the summary of a book in 15 minutes, um, you know, go to Blinkist.com. It's got a seven-day free trial. And I've been ignoring it for like months. And then the one time when I was like, I need a, an idea for a story to write or something that I've tried out or something that I'm going to try out. 
then you know I was like, oh no, this is probably the good week to start doing this. So I started on the Monday before the the, 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 the Sunday, and <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. the Monday before the Sunday. I mean, the Monday before the Sunday when the article came out, I think that's when it came out. So the the whole he stopped laughing. <laughs> Okay, the whole, sorry. The whole, uh, the whole um, <laughs> process was weird because, first of all, you'd get this guy talking you through a summary of a book. So you remember Spark Notes back in the day? Did you use that? No, I told you I'm a lot older than you. Please. All right, straight by the way. Uh, okay, so you my age. Okay, so Spark Notes was this thing we used to use back in the day to start to study lit and, and stuff. So you'd have these little, you know, um, these little summaries of chapters, especially for stuff about Shakespeare. So it was it was really really useful going into all levels. Um, although we used to get printouts of Spark Notes because you know not all of us had internet. So I got into Blinkist and I started going through books. I don't quite remember some of the books I went through. Um, I was trying out basically just you know stuff that I'm not really versed in, which is fiction. I, I don't read much fiction except for stuff like Isaac Asimov and... Um, and anything yeah, I recommend as seeing as yeah, you trust my recommend. taste and all of that, yes, thank you. Yeah, so it's it, it was an interesting experience to to read the, the point. Like, it, it doesn't really... The one book I think was on there that I heard a blink of, but I had read... I think was I'm not sure if it's Victims of Yalta or another, but I think I, I read I had read the book before and then I went through the blink. It's not far off, like it's it's not. It's pretty close, but you need all that detail is so important. If you just want to like uh, know about a book or you want you're looking for ideas or you're looking for a summary of a topic or something, I, I would definitely recommend it. But if you want the experience of the book, I think it's a whole different thing because the, the, the depth and detail you get, the ways in which the author communicates with you is so much more visceral at the book than at the blink. But I, some people actually use it to just catch up on their reading on books that they don't have time to read, but, you know, have heard that are, you know, popular, like the Paulo Quill. I keep, I don't know how to say no, his name as well. Don't bring that guy up, please, please. Mo like a bunch <laughs> of my friends were saying that they they only went through his books through like Blinkist or some of the books that are available on things I think and I was just like yeah so what's something sold, you're not going to read then. what sold it for you the idea that you heard the summary of a book you'd already read so their talking points were what you would have picked as the talking points as well is that it is that how you decided that this was something you would actually recommend to somebody else uh yeah it, it depends what you're going to use it for like for me it Sometimes you, um, uh, way back when, when I was um, like reading us stuff about, you know, Bertrand Russell, there's some of his work that is too complicated for my mind. And I just, I would have preferred to hear it in the Blinkist. Like, that would have been better. Like, I think Stephen Hawking's uh, Theory of Time or something like that was another book that I, I, I would have loved to read. But it's so way beyond me. I'll prefer, as most people say, the movie or the Blinkist. Like I'll prefer that because I think the concepts in there would be far too complicated for me to digest in in, in a sitting. And I think I'll, it'll take me so long to read it because I'd have to 
pick through all the things and then look up, you know, um, what this means, what what's this what this refers to, and all that. So okay. I, I I would recommend I recommend it to someone who the books that are super complicated that you like it's unless you're passionate about that then fine. But personally for me, if you don't want to read something but it's popular and it's got interesting ideas and you just want the ideas but you don't want to get too deep into it, that for me would would be the selling point. Okay, so your article says that. This app takes nonfiction books and condenses them into 15 to 20 minute audio summaries. It's strictly nonfiction. Ah, so it wasn't the uh, Paulo Coelho books. It was probably something else. I'll, I'll remember at some point. Ah, I see. Okay, now I was just wondering because I mean, uh, only nonfiction? Why, why is the universe trying to punish those of us that love fiction? Nonfiction is it's trivial. It's like it's hard to kind of wrap one's head around some concepts like some of the books like I was recommended over the years I was just like you know what this is a serious overestimation of my capabilities thank you for the consideration but I'm not going to read this like Theodore Adorno Wittgenstein um, Hegel I read once I was like this man was was seriously under something under some serious influence um, basically philosophy in itself is just one of those that I'm like no uh, I, I, I stay to my lanes, the ones the people I'm comfortable with. Okay, so say I went through all the sum. No, sorry, yeah, the summary of one book. I wouldn't need to read it. Is that what you're saying? I'm just trying to get this right. I could actually just go through the summaries as on Blinkist and then not have to read the book because I would have gathered all the necessary information to go about my life and still pretend and, and sound smart like I read the book. Is that it? Yeah, uh, yeah, pretty much. Like, right. You could so, do it. <laughs> like, okay, fine. So can you recommend your deepest book, like the one book that you know I would never read of, of the many books you have tried to get me to read? Give me one. I uh, want to read it via this wonderful app of yours, and then I will tell you, and then I'm going to have a discussion with you about it, and you'll tell me if I understood what it is that you would, I would have understood if I read the whole book, for instance. Shall we try uh, it? Sure. I, I don't know if the blink will be available for the book, but I think if you can check the website, I'll, I'll probably... I'm trying to think of the book that I would want to... Did you end up reading on Liberty, or you? I didn't give you the copy? No, you did not lend me on Liberty. Okay, so, so I think we'll do John Stuart Mill's On Liberty, which is... Uh, I don't think it's, it's not the deepest book in the world. I think it, it took me a long time to read because yes, you took that guy reading it and you sent me excerpts which would be five, ten lines, but which would be so difficult to discern. So maybe, yeah, let me start with that. <laughs> that or there's another one about uh, no, 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 no. That's fine. I'll I'll stick to on liberty. Let's not let's not get you started on recommending books. No, I'm 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 good with recommending books. I recommend the nicest books. Like I come with a book club. <laughs> like, ah, thank you. You know, give me all this power because now <laughs> Exactly. So no, 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 no. Let's leave it at on liberty. I think I'm happy to leave it at that for today. For today. I'm not saying that you're completely forbidden from recommending books to me, but for today, this is what we're going with. How's that? That's fine. Okay. Good. Thank you. So are you going to try the app or have you yes, tried the app already? I'm going to try the app. I will. Oh. I will and then I'll get back okay. to you on this. You're getting back to me is kind of, there's a long timeline to doing that because you haven't even started reading the book for the book club. So. That's a secret. Don't tell anybody that. 
Yeah, but everybody can hear it now. So pretty much <laughs> you haven't started reading the book for the book club. And there's actually a follow-up to that book. There's like a, a whole, I, I compiled a whole little reading guide for, the, for that book. Um, uh, starting from weird stuff like anthropology, which back then was uber, super racist. You see, this uh, I is think, why, uh, this is why I, I said you couldn't be started on discussion books because you won't stop. Okay, fine. Uh, then we'll move on to the more, the even more informal part of all of this. <laughs> so, is there something that you've seen, read, watched over the last week, month, months, half um, year? I mean, there's there's a lot of stuff. I I I started watching a show called Condor. Do you know it? I've heard of it. I, I didn't know it existed, but I enjoyed it. I was surprised. I was surprised, but I did enjoy it. So um, I'm a big William Hurt fan. He, I love how droll he is, and he just always looks unbothered. And he's one of those stereotypical Hollywood actors. He's always some sort of military man or agency man or that sort of thing. Um, he's the one who sold me on the whole show. I will tell you that I, Brendan Fraser is in it. Okay. I must make sure not to give any spoilers, isn't it? Um, Brendan Fraser is in it. And I have typically avoided anything that he's in, and I'll tell you why. Because when I was a little younger, I tried to watch The Mummy, and I fell asleep. <laughs> I fell asleep. I just I hated it so much that I fell asleep. I love Rachel Weisz, but I fell asleep. And then with the original mummy or with uh, the sequels? Listen, I didn't bother with the sequels because yeah, we didn't have a whole lot of luck with the first one. And then um and then when I was in my late teens, was it early twenties, this guy asked me on a date and then he said he would take me to the movies and understand that going to the movies was such a novelty for me. I mean I had to take two comics. There was one from Chicago to town. And then from town to Avondale. Oh, Avondale. Oh, we went to Avondale, right? (laughs) This guy, he said. I was going to say it was in Eastgate. Yeah, no. So we met up in Avondale. And then um, he picked the movie, and it was this Brendan Fraser one. You know, the one with the book things. He was, I don't know if it becomes animated at some point, but there was something about books and things coming to life. Honestly, yeah. Suffice it to say, I didn't just hate it. I fell asleep in the movie theater. That's that was horrible. How bad that was. That's that's how terrible. Yeah, exactly. On a date. So say this doesn't <laughs> hold me back after that date. I assume it's I may have drooled. I don't know. But <laughs> um right. So at that point I wrote Brendan Fraser off. I was like, this guy never again. He will not be given any attention. If he's in a movie, I don't watch it. If he's in a show, I don't watch it. I didn't know he was in this <laughs> when I decided I would pay attention to it. And then I am, I am ash- I'm not even ashamed to say, I'm surprised that he is the breakout performance for me in that movie. Like, there is a way he, his character is, is structured that I found has me mesmerized as I'm watching this show. He has this almost depressing countenance, if you will, 
And it's so amazing to watch that he embodies, he personifies this, this feeling, this, this person, he personifies something I can't even put into words. I, I'm so moved by his performance that I'm just like, ah, he's, he's, he's not to be written off after all. The, oh, I'm on season two now, so I haven't even gotten to the episode two of season two because yeah, the last few days I haven't been able to watch TV. Um, I like the concept. They have two sort of running themes within the, the way I'm seeing it. Anarchy on the one side, and what 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 would the opposite of anarchy be, Valentine? What do you think? I have no idea. I don't know. Uh, anarchy would be order would be the opposite, wouldn't it be? Order, yeah, I know, but order is such a boring word. Give me another. Okay, let's go with order. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, but order doesn't quite do what I want it to do. But anyway, okay, let's just go with that. So you know you have I think I'm starting to see based on what, what I've seen of the show, like I'm saying, I'm trying not to give you spoilers, but anarchy and order go hand in hand. The the only way one can achieve what what it's meant to is if it works in conjunction with the other. That's that's a feeling I've had. I've finished the first season, and I suspect that each season will sort of run on a certain theme. Okay, again, my own interpretation. But um, I genuinely enjoyed it. I have not, I have spared myself the trouble of reading, say, reviews and stuff like that because I'm worried that people will not have liked it, and I really do enjoy it. And I don't say that about Sorry, myself. sorry. Yes. Sorry to interject. But you're yes. watching Condo before you watch Rectify. Rectify was like on this list way before, and you should have watched it a while back. Because yes, I think I it, it, is, it is the greatest drama, and you will love Dan Daniel. I'm like, if you, okay, you know what? Just watch it whenever you do, but Rectify. I will, I will. It's on the list. How far down is it on the list for you not to have, like, you know, watched it by now? Um. I, I don't know why I haven't watched it yet, actually. I'd forgotten about Rectify when I watched Condor. I'm sorry. I should have written the list for But anyway, yeah, so that's that's my one show for now. Um, and the Brendan Fraser thing, yes. Um, I don't know. What did you watch? What are you liking these days? Um, I haven't watched much TV of late. I'm stocking up on shows. Like I'm just keeping a list of things that I've missed, things I've missed that I'm going to probably go back to. But I'm not um, in any way up to date when it comes to TV shows of late-ish. Um, probably what I in, have in, have been enjoying is a little bit odd. Let's put it that way. Um, there is this. And I know YouTube is a large figure of my life, but let's just go to this YouTube channel uh, called Team Four Star. So Team Four Star basically, and I'm sure a lot of people already know about it, but Team Four Star decided to take you know, the the Dragon Ball Z series mm-hmm. and then cut it down. So the thing about anime is that uh, Shonen, which is basically the these long winding stories, they never end. Uh, the Naruto, the Bleach, you know that kind of stuff. They never end. So there's a lot of filler. You know, you feel an episode shouldn't be there, mm-hmm. you know, because it's just there to run to kill runtime. So 
manga and and um and anime some manga run concurrently some manga are made and then when they end mangas are comics when they end then you know they do the show but in this i think they were doing it concurrently so there was so much filler that you know it got too long some parts were too long and these guys decided we love this show so much let's cut it down make it funny and you know just point out the obvious things that are going on there funny how it's endlessly okay. here Funny as in it's 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 it's, it's when I when I watched it the first time I think it was in two thousand and I think I was still in South Africa I think two thousand and eleven I think or twelve when it was still still starting out. Mm-hmm. It's adult funny. Um, anyone I've actually like friends who didn't actually watch um, the show I, I I sent them an episode to look at and they really enjoyed it. It was it's kind of like how people either hate or love Rick and Morty. You either. Love it or hate it. I hate it. Um, love it. Yeah, well, I wish you know, it wasn't so gross thinks. looking. I don't know. I don't like all the blood and all the broken bones. Can <sighs> that's what it is. That's what I it know. Is. I know, and it's what I don't like about it. I I don't like that. And also, just like yeah, but... creatures, you know, slimy ones or disfigured ones. I I don't think it's yep. necessary. But you and I have had this conversation, and I'm just gonna stop now. So uh, I've been rewatching all the Dragon Ball Z Abrid stuff with them giving commentary on. So it's basically all the all the things that we think about the show as adults being said by people who are incredible voice actors. Like some voices will be different, of course, but the guys who do Piccolo, Vegeta, um, I think Master Roshi, Krillin, really, really good guys. The Team Four Star guys are are really, really, really good. And I'm I was so happy that they were so successful. Um, with it um, because I think they started their own uh, small production studio. They they did Housing Abridged. The show is basically it's it's endlessly hilarious if if you watch like Dragon Ball. And for people who haven't watched it, I would prefer they watch Dragon Ball Abridged than to actually watch Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z because it gives you all the references you need for everything else. So it's the writing is is is, is crazy. I, I have the amount of um, for example, they pick out the fact that. There are no real strong female fighters. Like um, Goku's wife, Chi Chi, was relevant at some point and then stopped. Cause I don't remember Dragon Ball and then stopped being relevant when she stopped being a martial artist and all that stuff. I think it was Chi Chi because I, I haven't watched the original in years. And then in Dragon Ball Z, there was a movie where Chi Chi was trying to confront some uh, uh, some new villain in, in a movie. I think it's the the Slug movie. And then. Uh, Bulma was there. Bulma's out the female character. And then Chi-Chi knocks out one dude and then gets knocked out. And Bulma's like, I can't believe it lasted that long. Like, this is how much <laughs> relevance they gave to female characters. So I, 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 I like it. Anyone who like, wants to go check it out, it's who hasn't already. It's, it's mind-blowingly, incredibly funny. Okay. We'll try it out. Sold. After Yeah, no, I, I think... After Rixify. Now, listen, if you don't want to rectify at this point, I'm just going to be like, yeah, you know, what are we doing here? Like, <laughs> even this because I think, and I think it's one of the most underrated shows. Sundance did such a fantastic job all the way from casting to production to location to everything. Um, they they captured the country and they captured a very sad story and made it endearing in a way that there is always some sense or semblance of hope no matter where you are no matter what your situation may be 
things are dire and reality is there. It's not a happy-go-lucky, beautiful rose-colored, rose-tinted, you know, lens-colored stuff. It's very grounded, very real, but it shows how characters change, how situations and things change people. And the expectation that the people you left at, at some point in time are still going to be there and they're not, they're so, so very, very different. But it's, it's I, like I say, it's one of the most underrated shows of the 2010s. I think not showing up on, on many show lists was, was, in my opinion, a crime against humanity. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> Let's not get dramatic over there, my friend. That is how strongly I feel about it. Okay, okay. All right, then. So I think we will wrap up the... Yes, I think we're out of time. Yeah. yeah, if I let you keep talking, you'll drop more names that I don't know. Mm, okay, that's a little unfair, but okay. <laughs> yeah, all right, then. So we will do this again next time, right? Sure. Okay. Bye, Valentine. Thanks. <laughs>